Hi everyone and welcome to Over the Rainbow Show with your host Bob Brown on Wednesday the 30th of June at 3pm Eastern Time, 12 o'clock Pacific Time and 8pm UK Time and to all the listeners from around the world you can go to Beacon of Light Radio chat on Facebook or you can Skype me at Beacon Light Radio. We've got a fabulous guest on my show today. Um, I've just been looking up at it's 2019 since last time she was on my show. And we had a great time when she was on last time as well. And I'm sure uh, today we'll have another exciting, wonderful show. My guest today is Claire Merriweather. Claire started her development as a psychic and then as a medium later on in life. I know a lot of people start young and um, some start later on in life. But she's a psychic medium. Um, she's done all sorts in her life as well. Run a coffee shop. Um, you know, um, she's had a family of three youngins and she's always been busy. So it's quite nice to welcome Claire Merriweather to the show. Hello, Claire. Hi, Bob. Delighted to be on your show again. Thank you for inviting me on. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. We always have a nice time when you're on the show. We do. We do indeed. And doesn't time fly? We were just saying two years ago. Where's that gone, Bob? <laughs> Ex well, where's it, where has it gone? I know. You know, like two minutes. Um, life's got to carry on in, you know, since lockdown and everything like that. Um. How did you become aware of your gift then? Um, to be honest, um, I have lots of friends who are mediums and, um, you know, a lot of them say I was always aware of it as a child and I had experiences that um, I couldn't explain as a child. I'll be quite honest, um, Bob, for me, I just had one experience that I remember as a child um, I was about the age of three and I remember being at home with my mum and dad and I remember distinctly sort of sitting in um, the hall of my home and being able to see and speak clearly to a girl called, I knew she was called Anita and she had a beautiful yellow dress on and I remember sitting talking happily to her. I always remember my mum coming up and saying, who are you speaking to? And in that moment, I, I just didn't realise that nobody else could see her. And she literally disappeared. Um, and that was, I look back on that and I realised then that I had an ability. But I'm quite sure, really, that I shut it down. And I wasn't, and it wasn't until my late 30s, I was about 37, 38, with three small children. And I had... Um, moved into a brand new house you know it wasn't an old house and suddenly um, I had an awakening whereby especially when I'd go to bed at night I suddenly with my eyes closed maybe would be able to sometimes see faces clear faces as if my eyes were open looking at me and I could also sometimes hear them I could hear names and this was quite a shock to me, Bob, I'm going to be honest. 
and I couldn't quite understand why it was happening. And I didn't even at that point, I had a very, very, you know, vague knowledge of what a medium did. And for me, it was quite quite a baptism of fire. And it took me um, a good year of this happening on a regular nightly basis. And I remember thinking, gosh, you know, are you actually... Um, you know, is this of your mind or or is there something more to it? It was a deep worry to me. And I always remember um, someone saying to me, well, why don't you try and go down to the local spiritualist church? Um, and there was um, a spiritual church on Newbold Road in Rugby at the time. It's, it's now not there anymore. And I remember walking in to the church feeling very very nervous actually and having no idea of what to expect and yet I was having these these experiences and uh, there was a reverend there at the time called Sam and he was a spiritualist reverend and he was so kind to me Bob and he sat me down and listened to what was happening and um, wasn't phased wow. by it and he believed me, which was very, very important. And he actually suggested that I had an ability to be a medium and invited me to join the um, development circle at wow. the rugby church. And um, it then it sort of went on from there, in all honesty, um, but that, I mean, at first, my first priority were my three young children. You know, I was I was a busy mum, and yeah, um, looking after my children was my priority. So I didn't completely, you know, commit to it, thinking, "Gosh, you've got to develop, you've got to rush and do workshops, you've got to do this every day." I sort of gently became more aware, um, and actually was lucky enough to be taught by by good mediums in circles. And slowly but surely, I started to develop my awareness and, and my gift. Isn't it strange, you know, when you first go to a church and they come around and say, you're going to be a psychic medium. And then you say to yourself, no, I'm not. You know, you're thinking to yourself, well, I've a lot to learn yet. But, it, but you've got to be, a, you get aware of it and then you start making headway, learning how to meditate and, and to give messages. Because sometimes when you start giving messages, you're frightened sometimes of giving a wrong message. Yeah, absolutely. Because with the work that we do as mediums, alongside that comes a great responsibility. We are responsible for what we say. And ultimately, we mm. are representing those that have gone before us that have moved into the spiritual world the spiritual realm and it really is our job to to do the right job um to quieten our mind and to really very closely connect with our our spirit communicator um because you know it's, it's incredibly important you know people one bringing through people who mums and dads and sons and daughters it's incredibly important that we are um, trained as mediums and that we have a great integrity um, with the work um, because what we what we say has a power with it and I hope a healing power 
um, for the sitter when done correctly? You know, I, um, a lot of people ask this question as well is, uh, how, how does your family take what you do now? Mm, yeah, that's a very good question, Bob. Um, well, initially, it was quite a shock to them, really, I think, in all honesty. You know, they never really said, oh, we're, we're shocked, Claire, you know. Um, but I'll be honest, as and I'm the only one within the family who does this sort of work. Um, however, I must say that I've wonderful support and, and respect from them now for, for what I do. Um, and also, um, I mean, my mum passed away to spirit about four years ago, and it's been a great comfort to my dad also with the knowledge where mum now is. Um, and, you know, it's all come together and the family, you know, incredibly supportive of me um, and quite proud of me, I think. And also my own um, sons, they're 24, um, Lewis and Hayden, who's 18. They're, they're very proud of their mum too. And um, that means a, a great deal to me. Yeah. Um, because, you know, does, some... anyone, does anyone of them want to follow in your footsteps then? Wow. That, that's a good question as well. Um, both of my sons have a great awareness, are aware of meditation and actually very open to um, really to how would I explain this? They're very open to what I do. Um, and both have sat with me in circle, which I absolutely love. So they're both interested in it. And I would say have ability. However, they are, you know, young men and following their own pathway in life. And I sort of yeah. Yeah. love that they have that uh, understanding. And at any point, if if either of them wanted to join me, that would be wonderful. Um, but um, I just the fact that they know the truth of it, um, I think, is, is a great strength in life. I think it is as well. Um, and good luck to them. You know, they, uh, they have a lot to learn in life uh, when you're growing up, especially what's been happening over the last two years as well. Um, how long did it take you to develop enough to charge for readings? and make it your business? It took a long time, Bob, in all honesty. Um, I wasn't initially someone who was very confident. I was, um, I remember when I first um, sat in circle at the church, they, I had um, someone teach us who had um, a rule that whenever you got a message, you'd stand, you know, to give the message. I remember being nervous to even stand in a small circle. Um, mm -hmm. So it is interesting because I honestly believe if you have a gift and you work with love in the heart, compassion and integrity, even though you may be shy, the spirit world will push you forward and whether you like it or not, you will end up doing the work. Um, so with me, I would say it was definitely 10 years before I thought I was good enough to charge for a sitting. Um, and I'll be honest, even then, every time I read, even now, 
I always try and um, deepen and, and give better details and deepen my connection with the spirit communicator every single time that I work. Um, so for me, it's always um, something that can be improved. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is as well. Yeah. Um, you talk about being a spiritual healer. How is your ability to heal progress then? Yeah, that's uh, interesting as well. So I'll sort of start at the beginning with how my spiritual healing journey um, started. I actually started Bob, by needing spiritual healing. So I had um, a period of ill health and extreme pain in the body for three long years. And I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And um, I went down the medical route and tried everything that the doctors could suggest. And I can honestly say mm. it was excruciating. And in desperation, and this was before I developed as a medium, actually, in desperation, I, I reached to a spiritual healer. And what was incredible for me was within the period of one year of regularly going to see him once a month, I actually healed. I didn't have pain anymore, which was incredible. Um, so I then realized that I wanted to give back for the healing that I had received. Mm -hmm. And I trained as um, as a spiritual healer at the local spiritualist church um, and then I created um, a clinic at my own home which was uh, in Corston Grange in rugby at the time and I created an afternoon where people could come to see me free of charge and mm. I was healing but um, you know I'm now sort of fast forwarding on probably gosh 15 years and more and I, I do believe that my ability to heal has increased and is more effective than it was before. And I put this down to me having developed a closer connection um, with my healing guides, because ultimately, for me, I am simply the channel through which the healing energy can flow. So it's a very passive act, spiritual healing. But mm. I also realize as we enter into our own self-development as human beings um, and we start to heal ourselves also. I just feel very much, I feel that my healing now um, is more effective um, than it, it was before. And I would liken this to um, possibly my um, development um, within my own trans mediumship. And um, for me, that's where, you know, where it's at for me right now. Um, so, yeah, it, for me, it's about your attunement and your connection to your healing guides that will allow the healing potentially to be more effective for the patient. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about your spirit guides? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, because a lot of people go, have I got a spirit guide? Yes. You know, a lot of people ask that question, don't they? And who yes. is it? Yes, 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 yes. That very much is the question of who are they? You know, yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, yes, I, I have 
many guides. I don't just have one guide. I have a team of guides. I, I, I know that's a reality and a truth. Um, but for me, I worked for so many years just accepting that there was an energy that worked through me. And in meditation right. um, is a good way to attempt to um, see who your guides are. But I was very frustrated by it, Bob, for many years. I had different images, different feelings. People told me different things. And I actually felt quite right. frustrated. And I thought, well, who is working with me then? Who's my main guide? It's only a recent development um, over the past probably two years that I became aware in a powerful meditation of, of one of my main guides. And it was so real. And I asked the spiritual world, if this really is right, then can I have this confirmed by someone else? And I had a sitting with a, a quite a, a brilliant trance medium. And she actually confirmed the name of my guide independently to me. And I'd never, ever spoken a word of it. And I thought that was quite astounding. Um, so I became aware then. But I think, the, you know, the reality is, is, you know, we're working with a stream of energy. So sometimes the brain wants to put identities um, upon who we're working with. I think our brain in, enjoys that. Um, uh, you know, so for me, we don't know it all, do we? Um, but yeah, I have a, a wonderful guide that works with me and, and a team of others that, that come forward through him. You just briefly um, talked about transmediumship. How is it a different, the mental mediumship? How is it different completely to, to normal mediumship? Yeah, well, actually, trance mediumship and mental mediumship are one and the same. But um, so with, with the way that I might work um, at first was to um, sort of allow my awareness to reach outwards towards becoming aware of a, of a spirit communicator who would like to communicate to someone through me. And the way initially that I, I would do that, um, I'm very clairvoyant. So clairvoyance is the ability to see, you know, with your eyes closed, ultimately, or even with your eyes open. Um, so, you know, ultimately, um, I there was clairvoyance that I would use and also what's called clairsentience. So clairsentience is slightly different. It's where you allow your spirit communicator to blend with you. You're not seeing, but you may feel them. You may feel their personality. You may feel um, physical attributes um, of, of the person. Transmediumship is almost like taking the clairsentience to a deeper level of blending with your spirit communicator. Now, this is possible not just with spirit communicators, but also with um, your guides as well. And I had um, I'd been lucky enough to work and witness the work of some some brilliant transmediums. And I created at my studio in rugby um, a trance circle where um, a, a gentleman would come and sit for trance. And he would actually allow himself to be overshadowed by his guides and by some great philosophers. And he would actually allow his, himself to sort of become small and allow the guide to come forward and to speak through him. 
So it's rather like a closer connection to the wisdom and the words of the spiritual realm. Yeah. It's, it really yeah, is yeah. to witness and see. Um, some of the trans mediums of old, you know, there's not many now, but they would also have the potential to create physical energy, which actually could create to the um, naked eye and the open eye an objective form that may take place um, that you could actually see with your eyes open because it's a living energy um, and, and create apparitions, etc., which I always thought was absolutely amazing because for a skeptic, um, I understand someone who's skeptical, but if you can actually see um, something with the open eye, I mean, that is life changing. Of course it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've seen it myself, but it's, it's, it's amazing. Ah, uh, yeah. So you know where I'm at with this then, Bob. I do, definitely, yeah. I'll tell um, you what, you know, how did you adapt to this COVID? Because uh, it's been a couple of years now, basically. It's been hard for everybody. Everybody what's working, even in clairvoyance or uh, any sort of work, did you find it quite hard? And, and how did you uh, work with it? Yeah, um, when, I mean, like everyone else, I was quite shocked when the, the pandemic came in. And, um, you know, it was huge for all of us. And I have a studio in Rugby Town Centre, so it's like a semi-commercial property. And I'm lucky enough to have a oh, studio no. at the bottom. So I'd relied on being able to open my doors and let people come in. And I, I also taught workshops there etc well certainly that wasn't just it wasn't a possibility and uh, luckily to be honest Bob I, I embraced Zoom and um, you know after about half of day because I'm not very technical <laughs> of trying to work it out oh. um, I, I then got to grips with it and I thought well you've got to adapt Claire if you if you still wish to work and um, gosh, one of the gosh. interesting things was um was that because I had to change all of my work onto Zoom, I actually thought it, it would be a wonderful experiment in many ways to really see and be honest with myself as to whether a reading on Zoom can be as good as a reading in person. And I always question, you know, everything that I do. And, you know, the reality is, and of course, why not? Um, the sittings I've been doing on Zoom are not diminished in any way, shape or form by the fact that I've not got the person physically in front of me. Um, and also, I managed as well then to start to teach um, psychic development and mediumship um, on um on zoom as well so that was interesting because i had to navigate being able to put people in breakout rooms and actually manage the technology side of it but i've got to say after you know doing three courses um it's actually a really good way because some people now are very fearful of coming out and mixing with others and some people have health conditions that makes that difficult for them and also by um teaching on zoom 
Um, it allows international people to join as well. Um, so, you know, it's actually quite inclusive. But I'm, I've got to say, I, I do look forward to the time, Bob, that I can meet with people in person again and, and have workshops where we're not having to social distance and wear masks, etc. Um, and I'm sort of very, very much looking forward to meeting with people again as, as soon as, as we are allowed to. Did you start doing classes on Zoom as well then? Yes, I did. Um, and um, they've actually been very, very successful in all honesty. And um, I've been working with 12 students regularly. And um, for me as a teacher, the greatest joy is in actually seeing them improve um, and really be able to do the work. And I'm, I'm not just saying this, but I'm beyond delighted with the group that I have and they've stayed with me and they were so keen and and, and um, just absolutely loved it that one of my um, students said, well, not only that, we love it and we're going to practice once a week, um, practice what we've learned. So they're practicing in, in midweek. And, um, I, and I've recently finished the course and uh, they all came out, you know, had a, a practice of messages. I was absolutely delighted with their development. And, you know, this is why I want to teach. I want to be able to bring up new mediums um, as well. Yes. And, and, you know, this is really important. And I must say as well that I love I love to teach young people. You know, young people are surely they have to be the future of this craft. I'm um, sure they do as well. Yeah. And um, there's some very young people on there who are very, very gifted. And, um, you know, I... I to be honest, of, of all the, the things that I do, um, I, I really do love teaching. Oh, yes. I think it's a wonderful gift. Uh, and to help other people in life, uh, is you feel better yourself then. Well, absolutely, Bob. And I, I agree with that. And that's a great spiritual dynamic within ourselves, isn't it? Because to me, I these words have always resonated within me is to to give is to receive and I actually truly live my life in that way and I brought my children up to do the same and um, you know ultimately the, the, the more that we can be of service to others the more that we can be kind of heart um, and caring and non-judgmental and tolerant I honestly believe all that you know, goodness that we give out to others without a shadow of a doubt makes its way back to us at, at the points that we need it the most. I'm not saying that, you know, life is without difficulties. Life is with great difficulties. However, I truly believe, I always like the saying, we reap what we sow. So it depends ultimately, you know, if, if we sow the good seeds, then we're going to get beautiful flowers that bloom. If we sow seeds which are quite negative, they're not going to bloom. Um, so, yeah, it's so important to me um, not to be selfish, to be giving, to be of service. And that, for me, makes me who I am. And I never feel happier than when um, I've done a sitting and it's gone well. And I feel that yeah. sense of light within my heart that I've done something good for someone today. And I've also 
worked for a person who wants to communicate from the spiritual realm. Exactly. There's Rhonda in the chat room. Do you also help to find lost people and pets? Right. So with that, we're looking into um, psychic detection, aren't we? Um, to be a psychic detector, yeah. to use your psychic ability to be able to help find, like you say, lost people, lost pets. Um, gosh, uh, it's not something that I have been asked to do, in all honesty. However, I do have friends who have worked for the police in the past um, in, in the capacity yeah. as a psychic. It's not something I've personally been asked to do. I did have somebody... Um, call me up and say gosh you know I've lost a glass angel and it was Christmas and this angel was um so dear to me and um you know was was in my nans who passed into spirit and can you help me find it and I thought well I'm not really sure that I can in all honesty um but I sort of closed my eyes I just saw that it'd been broken in the box by someone who had then not admitted to it <laughs> And um, <laughs> it, yeah, uh, so I do believe, you know, I was correct. It's possible to do, Bob, that I know, but um, a difficult potentially also depending on what it what it is. You're yeah. trying to Defined. Yeah, it can be, um, you know, because you're always another thing is you're always frightened of saying the wrong thing as well. And you might be right. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to say the wrong thing. Say, oh, the pets, I've, I've seen the pet and it's gone down the rabbit hole. And you think, oh, no, shall I say that or not? Yeah. Um, um, difficult, yeah, isn't it? it? It is very, very difficult. And, you know, this is this is the first thing we have to try and get past because I teach this is, first of all, when people start to develop, and myself even now, you know, today there's elements of this, is this of my mind or is this of my soul and of a knowing beyond the mind? Yeah. And so often, you know, if we, we take ourselves out of that connection, which we dip in and out of, we can get a lot right. And then suddenly we're given a message. And sometimes then you start to realize you're getting your nose and that actually the information you're giving now hasn't isn't being taken. You know, mediumship itself is is not an easy task, um, and it's also not. It, it really isn't. And and also, I mean, one of the first things that I try and teach my students is that you have to trust the information that um, you're being given, not to discard mm -hmm. information because it seems odd or different or irrelevant. Um, when we go into that quiet space and let the mind quieten. Um, then that's when the magic can happen. But I must say, you know, if I look at um, mediums and even the most very successful of mediums, could we actually say that they are 100% accurate? Well, I, I know the answer is no. However, you know, this is a gift. It always can be developed. It gives someone an experience ultimately and done well it's incredibly powerful um, because some of the incredible mediums of old may actually be able to give, a well, and, and some today too, can give astounding evidence of, of the um, survival of the soul mm. after physical death. 
And there was um, just some a medium who comes to mind in, in my mind was called Albert Best, who's, you know, in the spiritual world. And he was a postman by trade. And when he um, he lost his wife and two children uh, in the Blitz in London, the most tragic, tragic loss um, for Albert. And he then developed as being a phenomenal medium. And he would work at some of the um, spiritual churches in London. Do you know, he could actually give names and addresses of, of spirit communicators. You know, door numbers, address, names where they yeah. drink. It just shows you. That's the good proof. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it is very difficult sometimes, especially if the person... Um, you give in the information to is not open-minded, they say, oh, I can't, I can't take that. Well, you well, give someone else, yeah. I can't take that, and I can't take that. And after it's all over, they might come to you and say, yeah, I could take over. And then you think, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> and then they want you to tell them something then, don't they? Yeah, um, yes, that does happen, actually. And... I I do a lot of one-to-one um, -one readings at my studio in rugby and I also go out and do um, spiritual church services at spiritual churches and right. you know I've been doing this for many years and it's in all honesty you can tell by body language um, and you can tell by you know how they're answering if if they're actually open-minded or not however I have to remind myself that whether they're open-minded or not, that they're there for a reason and that they have a need. Some people who are, who are really open to it will understand what you're trying to attempt to do. Um, those that are more sceptical, they'll very much go, yes, yes, when you're right. And the minute you get something wrong, it's like a great big no, you know, and that can take you off your feet a little bit and make you question. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's really, really hard when that happens. And one of the things which I had to learn to do um, within my development was not to be afraid or to be taken out of my, my power and energy when someone was saying no to me. However, does it mean that I'm always right and I shouldn't get a no? Well, I would say not at all. Sometimes we just have to really um, be honest with ourselves you know, can carry on if you get a no and, and try and reframe what you've given so to make it make sense. Oh. Ultimately, maybe sometimes we are just wrong. However, I would say there is a great dynamic with someone who wants to be a difficult sitter. Um, I have had several experiences in the middle of um, a demonstration in a spiritual church where someone has folded their arms and looked quite defensive as I've gone to them and, you know, yeah, said a few yeah. little yeses and a big no, no, no. And sort of I thought, oh, dear, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing too well here and sort of tried to move on. And then had them come up to me afterwards and then begin to tell me that some of the things I'd given to them they could take and they'd now remembered and they felt a bit awkward speaking in front of the congregation. Um, so, yeah, it does happen. It does happen, Bob. And, and it's our task really to do the best we can. Rhonda's just asking in the chat room again, Claire, do you know if someone is going to be able to pick up 
the abilities up quick when you teach them? Or do you already know who needs a little more time? So that question would be in way of um, if someone has a, a psychic awareness or mediumistic awareness, is that what Rhonda means? Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. I am aware if someone has someone that I can work with. And what's interesting is I usually have my students firstly approach me and meet me for a one to one sitting. And then within that sitting, I become aware that they're interested in psychic development. I could actually see that they have potential. I feel it, actually, um, Bob, in, in all honesty. But the truth is, you know, we may have a gift. There's some very, very gifted people out there. But however, it still comes down to you having the discipline to learn, to go um, to God teachers, to invest in your learning. It, you know, it's rather like someone um, who, you know, has a gift for playing piano, but doesn't go to the lesson each week. How far are they going to progress? Um, yeah. So for me, you know, an investment in a good teacher, a good mentor, good reading on the subjects as well, but also experiencing it and, and practical and for me, I went on lots and lots and lots of workshops. I, I love them, though, you see, Bob. I was happy doing them. And um, I finally found my way to the Arthur Finlay College uh, at Stansted yeah. Hall in London. And what a find that was. It was joyous for me. And I've been, gosh, I don't know. I've lost count of how many times I've been, maybe. Oh, about 12 times, maybe, maybe more over the years. And that is, for people who don't know, the college of, a foremost college in the world of psychic science oh. um, and spiritualism down in London. And they run courses there by, you know, absolute top, top um, teachers. And, um, you know, I'm very lucky to have that only an hour and a half away from me um so i try and go there as much as i can um and i i learn that way you know and and the college itself um is is wonderful because there's people from all walks of life all backgrounds all ages and in actual fact 90 percent of the college are international students so it is an oh. incredible it really is because you know if we're reading as mediums for someone who you know like myself um you know has mum in the spirit world and 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 mum was english typically english you know we've got points of reference try reading for someone who comes from mexico someone who comes from iceland someone who comes from norway there's an entire different points of reference that you're going to bring through so it's actually extremely good for you and extremely interesting to read for people from different cultures and what I'm aware of as well, which I, I realise is, is wonderful truth, is, you know, when you're commu communicating with a spirit communicator, that, that, that there's no language barrier. It really doesn't matter whether they'd spoken Indian or, or Mexican or, or, or whatever it was. You, you hear them in the same way. So, you know, it's a universal language, which is, is fascinating, isn't it? Oh, of course it is, yeah. Susan just saying in chat room, I self-taught in everything I do. I knew from the early age that I was gifted. I just wasn't sure what to do with it. 
I studied and researched and learned through my own experiences. Yeah, and that's great. Um, and sometimes, you know, we do have this this gift. And I think ultimately, what it depends what our, our path is as to what we do with it. To simply have that awareness is is a wonderful thing, and and it gives almost like a faith within as well, which helps you through difficult times. So, you know, and that's a wonderful uh, thing to do. I also feel um, that if someone did want to take it a little bit further in, in a practical step then they could look at becoming qualified as a healer, a Reiki healer, a spiritual healer. Um, that's a lovely thing to do with your gift. Um, and depending on how you feel, you know, you could start to use angel cards and your own psychic awareness just to give little sittings for people. Um, yes. and, and, you know, if you if you felt so inclined, you could go to your local spiritual church and uh, they usually do a development circle there that starts with meditation and then you can try and just keep trying with your gift and play with your gift and see what you're able to perceive. But ultimately, you know, we don't all have to be out there as working mediums. You know, literally, it's about a path of our own awareness of the truth of who we are, the truth of life and the truth of death. Because ultimately, what I say to people now when they come forward, um, I actually say I communicate with those that have moved into the next life. Yeah. Um, before we move on, um, what happened about the coffee shop then? Oh, now that is a good question as well, Bob. So I had the coffee shop um, for a year and um it, it was uh it was a disaster <laughs> now oh. i should be hard on myself for that it wasn't a disaster but i'll be honest for me personally i i didn't enjoy it um it was something that i thought i would do it was a good business venture that was suggested to me at the time and after a year and employing staff my first business my first management of staff etc um, financially, you know, a lot of the, the big coffee shops like Costa and Starbucks had opened up in the town centre. And it was actually very, very hard to make good money in way of a business from the coffee shop. So I suddenly thought, gosh, you can't carry on like this. And um, one day I, I took the decision that it really, you know, financially, it just wasn't lucrative and I would have to close. And I always remember that day feeling quite a failure, really, thinking, oh, my gosh, you've now got a house, a semi-commercial property with a coffee shop, you know, at the bottom. And now you, it's empty. Um, and it was interesting because that was a profound day for me, actually. Um, I always remember feeling very upset about it. And, and um, I just dropped my young son off, son off Hayden at the local school. Mm. And I was walking back through a field thinking, what on earth are you going to do? You know, you, you've not you failed at this I, I, that's how I felt I'll be honest and actually I literally it sounds dramatic I had little tears sort of rolling down my face and I wow. actually heard within me it was like profound it was, it's the only time it's ever happened to me it was like a voice from my heart it's the only way I could explain it and it said and it said in a simple words open it as um, a spiritual center and people will come to see you and honestly, that's the truth, Bob. It was like a boom from my chest. And I wasn't very confident. I'd been developing for years, not charging, a little bit non-confident. And suddenly yeah. I, it was, I then wasn't doubting it anymore. And 
it was like bang and all my doubts were gone oh gosh i see it now that is what i need to do and the amazing thing was the coffee shop um you know it's still there and i still working from there um it's got merryweather's you know my name written on the front of it and it had um, a coffee shop on the side all i had to do was take the side signs off and then just sign mm. right the door as psychic studio so I couldn't help but see, Bob, in, in all honesty, um, that it, that year was just meant to be as it was to get me into the building and that actually it yeah. was always meant to be used for my spiritual work. It was. Yeah, totally, totally. And you've gone from strength to strength. What are your hopes and dreams for the future then? Oh, hopes and dreams for the future. My Within my work, the hopes and dreams are um, that I can improve as a medium, that I can improve as a healer, that I can improve as a teacher. I, I think you always have to seek to improve. On a personal level, I would um, very much love to teach more. I, I love the teaching. And there's some brilliant teachers out there, but I must say... I would love if I if I was looking as a dream to be invited to teach abroad, um, to actually wow. start to travel more uh, and to bring my teachings to other people in different countries. That's something that I would very much love. Um, I would also I also love the healing. I'm a spiritual healer. So I, you know, I've always had a little dream of offering a spiritual healing clinic and, and maybe in the future, some very good healers joining me within that. That at the minute you know it's just a pipe dream but i think you have to have these dreams for them to become reality so um yeah. and and to be honest to um keep doing what i'm doing in way of my one-to-one -one readings that i love um you know for me one of the things i find most difficult is actually demonstrating to audiences i get very very nervous um how and to such a degree i've almost stepped back many times you know you know i get so nervous doing it but um i realize perhaps i might have to just get out there and demonstrate some more as well um and and to speak more so but i i tend to um go with the flow of life and and um we're in my spiritual path i've always been you know ever so lucky and opportunities have sort of come my way mm. and even if i get if I get scared, if an opportunity comes my way, I pretty much always say yes. Um, you know, one that came to me was to um, be a presenter and work on um, Psychic TV on uh -huh. Sky uh, in, in Milton Keynes. And they they, they messaged me. Um, you know, it, it was a good experience, um, but I was really nervous. But again, I learned a lot. Um, you know, it wasn't mm -hmm. quite for me. It was actually not quite what I thought it would be. So I, I actually must say I, I quit in the end. Um, but I think every experience has some a gift for you, whether it's it's positive or negative. Exactly. I totally agree with that. You was meant to go do it to find out what it was all about. And sometimes exactly what you're saying there, it's not for you. Uh, it, it might be for other people, but yeah. you was moving you to do better things for yourself and to help more people. Yeah, and one of the my issues there was um, it was nice being you know I've never worked with the, with the TV cameras before, so I learned about how to do all that and going live in studio and presenting and speaking was fun. 
Um, the reality was it looks glamorous, but it really isn't because you only spend short times in studio and then you'd go into what was like a shoebox. I'm not kidding. It was like a broom cupboard mm-hmm. with, with a phone. And you would be then expected to do back to back readings for seven long hours. So a shift. I mean, literally for me, I'm sorry, but you can't work psychically of quality for seven hours on the trot. Yeah, no. I think something has to give um, and it, I would do it and I'd give it my all and then I would literally be drained for days on end afterwards mm-hmm. and I yeah it, they don't you know they don't understand that you know the gift and that for me I'd rather do you know quality than quantity within what I do true uh, yeah so that was that was my tv stint that sounded glamorous but really wasn't <laughs> yeah, but that- you know, Claire, but that's so many times from other people who've done um, Sky and they said it's not for them. It's not for them. Just no. before you go, can you just tell the listeners about Absent Healing? Yeah, um, Absent Healing is where we can send healing, but the um, patient um, doesn't have to be present. And it's actually a very, very powerful way to heal. Um, and I've now set up an absent healing group. We connect on a Monday. I have between 12 and 20 healers, some from America, Canada, Holland, Ireland and, and England. And we connect um, as a group of, of healers. I open in prayer and we take ourselves into that healing light and we have nominations of those that wish to receive healing. And we then collate the information of feedback if it comes in. And I've got to say, it's showing to have, in some instances, astounding results, which makes me feel very happy and um, really want to push on with with Absent Healing. So if anybody wants to try and find you, where can they get in touch with you? I have a website, and um, that's probably the best way. Uh, Well, my website is... ClaireMerryweather.co.uk. Um, so that's ClaireMerryweather.co.uk. And um, or if you Google Claire Merryweather Psychic in Rugby, I'll come up. Also, um, my Facebook page, people are very welcome to uh, send me a request, um, which is Claire Merryweather. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Um, but all the details about my services and how to contact me are on my website, Bob. That's great, Sam. I'm sure there are people out there. Um, Rhonda's just in chat room. She said, how do you feel about med beds that will be coming out? Now, I've got to say, I don't know what a med bed is. Do you know? No, I don't. So, no, med beds. Med bed. I'm awfully sorry, but it's not something I can comment on because I've not heard of them. <laughs> Yeah. No, I haven't. Mm, unless she puts a comment on, we can quickly find out I what they are. I know those in the chat room website on there, so people can see it on yeah. there. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm so sorry. Room, I can't. I don't really know in the answer to that one. No, I don't. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Else, it's just out, or is it in America? Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing it's something to do with meditation beds, but that would be a guess of mine. Mm, mm, totally, totally. 
Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, well, it's been lovely as always coming on the show. It goes ever so quickly as usual. Yeah. Um, well, it does, doesn't it? That yeah. hour goes so quick sometimes. And other times you can get somebody on and you think, oh, my God, this is taking ages. Oh. But you know, when we get people as, like you on the show, it always goes so quickly. And you think, oh. why? I've just done a little bit more. But never oh. mind. It's always, it's always a pleasure when you come on the show. Oh, well, thank you. It's, uh, thank you very much for inviting me, Bob. I appreciate it. Oh, well, you know, it's um, hopefully, hopefully in the next Quantum Medbeds on YouTube. Rhonda's just put it on there. Well, Go I will. Go to YouTube. I will. Quantum Medbeds. Mm. Quantum Medbeds. Yeah. Um, so, um, and it knows you all about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have a look. I'm interested myself now, Bob. <laughs> I am as well. I'm going to have a look as well yeah. when the show finishes. Uh, well, thank you for my guest, Claire, being on the show today. Uh, thank you to Susan being the producer. Uh, my guest on Friday is Bill Konkliske. Um Bill has been a state director for Michigan chapter of Mutual for MUFON Network since 2004. After a lifetime of his own UFO and abduction encounters, he has spent the last three decades actively investigating these overworldly phenomenon. So it'd be a great guest on Friday, Bill Will. Um, he's never been on the show before, so it's somebody new. Um, good night and God bless wherever you are around the world. And always keep safe for the time being. Bye for now.